to. Time out. I'll take a 30. A podcast relating to the worldwide and universal game of basketball. Where listeners get the opportunity to hear unscripted conversation, thoughts, as well as emotions from players, coaches, parents, and officials. Those who directly affect the game. Hey, coach. How's it going? All right. All right. Thank you for coming on. So welcome to Time Out. I'll take a 30, uh, a podcast related to all things worldwide and universal game of basketball. Uh, for our listeners, um, I'd like to welcome Eastern Mennonite University women's uh, head basketball coach, Jen Posey. Uh, welcome, coach. Thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to do this with you. I think you're a great, great basketball head and even better person. So I'm pumped about this today. Thank you so much. Um, how are things? How are things with you in general? They're really good. Um, so we're about to move students back in next. Well, our fall students are, or our fall sport athletes are about to come in this week. But um, my husband and I had just probably not the best timing, but bought a new puppy about a month ago. So she's finally starting to settle in a little bit. So uh, feeling like I'm ready to have our students move in and take care of some new uh, new freshmen and new ones that need to be herded a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. So a little background for our listeners again. So uh, Coach Posey, um, you were one of the first coaches to show interest in my daughter, Kendra. Um, then you invited us down to the uh, to watch one of the uh, games. The game was incredible, by the way. Um, went back and forth. Uh, even though my daughter uh, ended up attending another college, I think, um, you know, we continue to keep in touch. But I'll always be appreciative of you always be grateful. Um, you're just, you know, when there's the saying goes real connect, uh, recognize real. And you're just one of the realest person, uh, people I've ever met. So I'm always, uh, grateful. And I'm glad that, uh, we had the opportunity to, to cross paths and still keep in touch. So. For sure. It's, um, you know, the, the game always seems to put great people in your life and, uh, yeah, definitely you and your family are, um, a blessing for sure. I appreciate that. All right, coach. So just a few questions. At what age did you start playing basketball? Oh, that's a tough one. So um, definitely like probably as I was starting to walk, um, my dad was a high school coach before I was born. Um, he spent some time away from the game a little bit, but um, throughout my childhood, he was coaching at our local high school. Um, and so like, I don't, I can't even remember like a moment where I fell in love with the game because I feel like it just happened. Um, it was like natural. It was like, it, it's almost like it's never not been a part of who I am and what I do kind of. Um, so I was playing from the time I was really little, you know, just like local rec leagues and stuff like that. And then obviously getting more competitive as I got a little bit older. So it seems like it's just been a fabric, a, a part of your life. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because I have two siblings and um, they both enjoy basketball, but they not not on the level that I do. Um, they have other interests as well. But uh, for some reason with me, like it just it was just the place I needed to be and always wanted to be. So with that being said, uh, so the listeners know your dad was your coach. So how was that growing up uh, with your dad? being the coach and uh, you can be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if anybody understands this, you do, right? Right. <laughs> um, well, my dad and I are both like super competitive people. So um, 
you know, we both like always wanted to get the best out of each other. And, um, like I loved playing for him. Like he was super knowledgeable. Um, obviously like I grew up watching him coach. So it was like, okay, like this is where I'm going to be one day. Um, but there were definitely times where it was like, um, it's a little bit too much competitiveness in our household. Like we'd come home from a game where we lost or like didn't play well. And like, definitely my other two siblings and my mom had to like live with that situation, which wasn't the best necessarily, um, just because we would not be in good moods. But, uh, but now it's awesome because, um, I've been like kind of begging him for several years to be a part of our program here at EMU. And, uh, last year he started volunteering with us and is going to again this year. Um, and so like, I always tell people like the, the most amazing thing is seeing these, these young women that I just truly love. And then obviously like, I love my dad, like getting to see people that you love in two different ways, um, connect with each other and love each other as well is just like one of the most incredible feelings in the world. Yeah. I remember, uh, after the game, we came down, uh, to watch and, uh, the game was close, but my wife, I remember my wife crying because the emotion uh, the back and forth of the game and seeing you and your dad embrace was just a special moment. I think, you know, of course I can relate to it, but in other dads or mom who uh, having to coach their kids, but it's just a special moment when you're able to be on the court and just, you know, uh, father, daughter, and you still are able to do that, but it, it was a special moment. And, you know, um, I almost wanted to shed a tear too, because I Aww. think about my own daughter, right? But yeah. it was pretty cool to see. So yeah, I enjoyed that. So, but with that being said, and having growing up in that house, um, he's coaching. What are some of the things that you took from him and his coaching style that you kind of relay back to the kids you coach today? Yeah, I've had uh we've had a couple um of his former players like come to games this year, but also in years past. And, uh, they've always say the same thing. They're like, your mannerisms on the sideline are like your dad. And I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily cause I copied him or if it's just like genetics, like, and it just happened. Um, but I would say like his, he's definitely like a defensive coach. Like since I was growing up, like I know he was really put a lot of emphasis on the defensive end of the floor. And I think that's something that's, um, always been huge to me as well. Um, I feel like he always taught his kids like that there was a right way and a wrong way to do things. And that, you know, basically like being invested in the process, like there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And hopefully at the end of the day, that takes care of itself, that takes care of the wins. Um, but if it doesn't, like at least you're doing things the right way and treating people the right way. And so I would say that that's like one of the biggest things um, that I've definitely taken away from him. Uh, I would say as well, like he just has a way of relating with people, like even girls on our team that I would think like they, you know, coming into the year, I was like, ah, they're not really going to have anything in common. Like he knows how to like ask them about their interests and things like that. Like those like relational pieces are really cool to see as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Basketball is so universal, but I like that. Um, you still, the, the discipline that, um, he's instilled you know, that uh, you're still able to carry that on. So that that's awesome. So tell us, what is like being a D3 basketball coach? And maybe what are some of the stru struggles you you uh, you have from time to time? 
Yeah, I think um, especially at the D3 level, like you have to kind of wear all the hats. So like um, there's days where I'll go, come into the office and I'll have like a whole list of like to do things. And then those all get pushed aside because maybe, maybe hopefully it's for my program, but maybe it's not even for my program. It's something within the department that I have to take care of. Um, you know, we, we all have like additional duties within our athletic department that we have to do. So like, I work a lot with our, um, graduate assistants and like professional development. Um, I try to help other coaches find community service opportunities. Like I'm that kind of connection. So, and any given day, like there's going to be stuff that comes on your plate that like you didn't really plan for or prepare for necessarily. And you just kind of have to roll with the punches. Um, but I would say like definitely over the summer because our students at the D3 level go home, um, you know, it's a little, it's a little more flexible. Um, you're, you're getting to connect with them still, obviously like, you know, cell phones make that really easy. Social media makes that really easy, but not getting those like face-to-face interactions that maybe you would at like the D D1 level for sure. Um, when you get some practice days and things like that over the summer. So, um, I definitely miss them a lot. Like this time of year, it's so exciting for me to get them back on camp. Like, I almost feel like it's better than Christmas, like having wow. them move back then, um, having our freshmen all here together for the first time. Like, it's just a really exciting time of year. And then, um, kind of once our, once our year starts, uh, again, like there's going to be days where there's stuff like that gets added to my plate that I don't necessarily plan for. So, um, in season, like, you know, there's, there's weeks where we're working 70 plus hours pretty easily. Um, just because, you know, you might come in super early and then your practice might not finish until seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. And, um, you know, you're on the road some nights, you're, uh, clipping film, all that kind of stuff, uh, going recruiting. Like you have to go to high out to high school games. Like we might be lucky and have an early practice where we're going four to six, Uh, but then we got to get on the road and go out and watch recruits right after that. So, um, it's definitely really busy, but, uh, it never like, you know, that, that cliche saying of like, do what you love because it never feels like work. Like that's 100% true. That's awesome. So I guess that was, I was going to ask you, what are the joys, but, um, I don't, you kind of answered that, but do you have, what are some particular joys of, of coaching that, um, uh, you can, uh, tell us about? Yeah, there's nothing. I think like there's almost no feeling in the world that can beat that feeling of like, like when you came to our game last year of like being in that heart of heat of competition where it's like, all right, we're going to make a move, then they're going to make a counter move, then we're going to make a move. Um, And just being like fully engrossed in what you're doing with the group of people that are going for that same goal. Um, like even, even in today's day and age, like there's times where I try to get them to put their cell phones away. But the number of times <laughs> where you see a group of people like just fully 100% locked into what they're doing um, and trying to do that to accomplish something together, I think is so rare. And so I feel like sport is one place where we really hold on to that. And so I think that that for sure is something that I really value. Um, I think like we have some of the most incredible, like at, sometimes I almost get emotional, like talking about that. Like we have some of the most incredible women in our program. That's um, and like, so just getting to be a part of their journey through college and then beyond is 
like I can't even begin to put it into words. Um, Like I have, like I'm sitting in my office right now and I have one of my backgrounds on my computer is like a photo of them, like giving each other high fives and like, just like the joy in their faces. Like, it's just hard. It's really hard to put into words. Um, And then on the flip side, like if you're somebody who likes basketball, like you get to watch (laughs) plenty of basketball, right? Like um, this summer when I was recruiting, like there's days where I spend, 10 hours in the gym, literally just watching basketball games. Like who goes to a 10 hour work day and is watching basketball for 10 hours? Like that, I mean, that's amazing, right? Like <laughs> you don't get to do that a lot. So yeah, there's, I would say like, I think unfortunately it seems like, especially on the female side that less people are getting into coaching. Um, but it's like, it's, it's so rewarding. Um, and definitely like there's, there's things that, you know, can be a struggle at times, but they don't even come close to outweighing the positives and the joys for sure. Absolutely. There's something that uh, you do. I think it's called thankful Thursdays. Yeah, that is. And I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, I just don't see a lot of other universities doing things like that. And, you know, when I see that, it, it just reminds me of it's more than just the game. Like you're connecting with your players. It's a family atmosphere. Just expound on that. What is Thankful Thursdays? Yeah, so um, I think we started it. I feel like there, like, honestly, like there's so many bad things that came out of COVID, but there's some there's some good things too. Um, and I feel like we started it around that time where we were like, how can we stay connected with our kids a little more over the summer, um, both like through social media, but then also like make help them feel valued and help their families or their loved ones feel valued. And so, um, every year, usually like around the time exams and we start and we go through each kid on our team, um, and give them an opportunity to like give a shout out to somebody that somebody or a group of people that are really meaningful to them in their lives. And, um, it's pretty cool. Cause sometimes like I could absolutely guess who they're going to send me. And then sometimes <laughs> it's like, completely like not what I pictured at all. Um, or I get to know something a little bit different about them. And so that's really fun for us and, um, definitely a good way for them to kind of see who's important to them outside of like the people that they see them around on campus too. Um, you know, like we have some with siblings that they want to highlight. We have some with best friends they want to highlight. So it's cool for them to be able to kind of connect that way as well. That that's, I mean, that is phenomenal. That's awesome. So uh, you're recruiting. How many? Well, I guess let me have kind of friend. So what is your what would you like for your roster size to be um, each year? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, I I always tell people what you would like your roster size to be (laughs) and what you need your roster size to be are two totally different things. But tell us both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think ideally like roster size would be like 16 um, because then you can have kids that need to kind of develop a little bit. You can, if you want to go like five on five with three teams, you can do that. Um, That's keeping about four in a class. So um, good class sizes, you know, I think it always gets hard if it's just like one person in the class and they kind of feel like they're ostracized or, um, you like in a practice, you say like, hey, all the freshmen get together, all the sophomores and like a junior standing around, like, well, I don't have anybody. Um, right. so I think, you know, keeping that kind of balance is really nice. Um, but I think this is one of kind of the negative things that came out of COVID. I think that 
people find that and and I totally get it like right I was 30 years 30 years old when covid like started happening and I still feel that impact on myself like of hey I'm used to not having to do all these things like maybe I don't feel like doing something today but I need to push myself and do it anyways so I can't imagine being at a time in your life when you're developing and having that happen um but I think like that has translated into kids thinking that they can back out of things or um you know hopefully there's still kids out there that feel like their word means a lot but I think there's other ones that think like hey there was a lot of time where I was able to make an excuse or um you know use use this thing as something that I didn't want to do and not do it and not really feel repercussions from it. So I think over the next couple of years, we are going to have a hard time um, just getting kids to fully buy in a little bit more, but hopefully everyone will bounce back from it still. So I would say now, like going into a season, you probably want closer to 18 to 20. And I think at the D3 level, I think you're seeing that across the board. Um, of coaches just kind of bringing, bringing that number in. And like for us this year, like right now we have eight, we'll have 18 on the roster this year. Um, but we have two coming back from serious injuries and surgeries. So, um, you know, that kind of, that kind of puts us at the 16 on the floor mark and hopefully (laughs) we get those other two back and get them healthy and ready to go and things like that too. But, um, you definitely don't want to be in a situation where you're looking down the bench and only have one or two subs. (laughs) So, and I was going to ask you, so with, if let's say you have 16, how many um, uh, typically players do you have finish a season? Yeah. So, I mean, that's like last year we lost kids midseason. Um, so we lost one to um, some health stuff. We lost two that were still stayed on the team or a part of the program, but got serious injuries and had to have surgeries. Um, we lost one because she just couldn't be a good teammate anymore. And so um, we decided it was best to part ways with her. We lost one um, because she was a freshman and it was a bigger financial commitment than she thought it was going to be. So, yeah. So like you never know, Um, you know, there's kids that you can build really good relationships and you have a really good sense in, but at the same time, like, it's a, it's a financial investment. It's a time investment. Like you can't fault somebody for having to back out for certain reasons. Um, but we try as much as possible. Like we try to talk about the importance of like being committed, like, Hey, you've decided you're going to do this. Like, like the two kids that got injured, like they could have easily been like, well, we're not going to step foot on the floor. So why are we a part of things? Like, but they were, I would arguably say if somebody had to say, pick your MVPs from last year, Um, And you get, let's say you get three MVPs off the team. I would arguably say that two of them could be in that MVP um, or that most most valuable player because they added a ton of value, even though they weren't able to physically be on the floor. Um, That's awesome. But I think that's a testament to you and how you, um, you know, you manage your program. (laughs) I think it's all them there. I mean, they're incredible. They really are like. The one kid, I think everybody on campus knows her because she just like, even professors say, um, we wish she was in all of our classes because she makes them <laughs> so much better. And I'm like, yeah. That's she, awesome. Yeah. So. So, so with uh, with that roster size, what do you, 
what do you typically I know everyone has a different players have different positions, uh, positions and such. But what are some of the attributes that you uh, kind of look for in, in your players? Yeah, for us, um, kind of the decision for me from the beginning when I got here is that um, I've always been a fan of like really versatile players. And I've always been in situations where I've seen players like change positions or mold into different positions. And so I know a lot of coaches, like when they're on the recruiting trail, and I think like a point guard is definitely a really like unique skill set. And a center is definitely like a really unique skill set. Um, but typically like, we're not like super like, Oh, well we need to bring in one of this position, one of that position, Like we want to bring in the best players that we can find for our program. And then when you get here, we'll figure out your position. Um, Uh, And sometimes like, sometimes, you know, we run a lot of like four out stuff. So sometimes you're going to be like, we have guards that can post up. Like you're not going to always have to be in a certain, in a certain position or in a certain role. Um, We had one of my favorite stories to tell actually the girl who tore one of the girls who tore ACL last year, um, her freshman year, she started playing the four for us and um, we had a couple of other injuries to point guards. And I was like, every time, like in games in transition, I was like, she just runs the break really well in transition. Like if she gets it, she goes with it. And so I was like, um, Hey Trinity, like, how do you feel about running a point guard? And she like looked at me like I was like crazy. She's <laughs> like, I have never done that before in my life. And I was like, yeah, but I think you can do it. And so as a freshman, she learned a completely new position, um, and was fabulous at it. And she did it for about a month for us until, um, our like true point guard was able to come back. But like now going, even going into her junior year, she jokes, she's like, do we have enough point guards or am I gonna, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think we got enough. So, um, so yeah, that versatility piece for us is huge, especially because at the division three level, like nothing is like, as far as that financial commitment, nothing's keeping them here. And then you don't know what's going to happen for injuries as well. So we want kids that can bounce around a little bit, um, play different positions. I think with that ability to play different positions, it also means that you can guard multiple positions right like um players that have only ever played inside probably only know how to guard other players that have played inside so um having that versatility piece like allows us to have you know really really aggressive defenses um you know we have a lot of post players who aren't afraid to like get out and hedge the ball screens like they don't feel like they have to stay right underneath the basket Um, so I think that's been, that versatility piece has been huge for us when we're out on the road recruiting, um, and looking for kind of the next pieces to bring in, um, for us, like you can't not play defense. Um, so, (laughs) and at times like I've, like we've been in games and I'm like, all right, like I love defense, but, uh, we're not scoring. Like we need to figure that piece out too. Um, so like, obviously you got to be able to score the basketball, but a kid that, and I don't think that all kids learn how to play defense until they get to college. Some, some do, some have right. there's some phenomenal high school and AU coaches out there and some really know it. Um, but at least seeing that they're going to put the effort in on that side of the floor, yes. um, because if they're not, then it makes it really hard to teach that once they get here. So I think that's a big piece for us too. I, I think, um, you know, and I always tell my girls, you know, defense, it's some skill set, but 
it's the one you got to mm-hmm. want to defend. Everyone's going to get beat. I know everyone says, keep the girl in front of you. That's ideal. Right. But yeah. sometimes you're going to go against someone who can, it's going to be just a little bit better. Right. Offensively. But then there's help defense, help to help. And we know all those terminologies, but I, I think it ha- you got to want to defend. And I'm just, I'm not questioning uh, today's athletes or maybe I am, but I'm just not sure everybody wants to defend in the in the uh, Instagram and YouTube era because yeah. they're afraid that they're going to be on somebody's clip or <laughs> it's just not the sexy thing to do anymore. Yeah. I mean, what do you think uh, as a, a collegiate coach? Yeah. And like say? another thing on like Instagram and stuff, right, is like all these kids putting on like their different workouts and are they ever working out defensive skill sets? Like no, no. they want to work out no. shooting and whatever else. Um, yeah. And I think like, definitely our game has transitioned more into like, right. Like scores, even just at the college level, like scoring is definitely significantly higher. Like, um, and I think part of it too, like, I think done in the right way, I think AAU is great. Um, but then there's also teams and kids that end up just playing way, way too much. And, so games don't really matter to them as much. And that's true. Um, so like, you know, Hey, we gave up, a po- we lost. Oh, well, we'll move on to the next one. I gave up a basket. Oh, well, I'll move on to the next one. Instead of like 20 years ago, you give up a basket and that's like, dang, I'm taking that personally. Like that's a, like, I just, I don't want that to happen. Like I want kids on my team who like, I want to have five kids come out of the floor. Like if somebody's going on a run and, you know, one player is going on a run on the other team and I want to be like, who wants to take her? And I want all five hands to go up. Like I want her, like put me on her, you know? Um, but I don't like kids want to take the last shot, but I don't know if they want to do that right now. But again, hopefully it's something that, uh, the more we talk about, it becomes a point of emphasis and changes in our game again. Um, because I think, especially at the D3 level, like as long as you can, you know, finish a little bit and maybe knock down an open shot, like there's a spot for that kid on the floor, that kid that really wants to defend. Like mm. now, if you can't, if you can't put the ball on, if you couldn't hit the broad side of the barn, like you're probably <laughs> not going to be just on the floor as a defensive player. But right. um, if you can, you know, score a little bit, like, and you really want to put an investment on the defensive end of the floor, like there's a spot for you, especially at that D3 level. Wow. Thank you for answering that. I think, um, you know, I've been coaching AU. I coached a little bit of high school, but um, I've had a lot of girls and and boys. Um, I'm not going to say they don't want to be coached, but when they get, they consider being coached hard when you tell them what you expect. And when you tell them to defend and to defend a certain way, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> they're always like hearing that. So um, yeah. I just wanted to hear your perspective. On yeah. That. And I think too, like, Maybe I shouldn't necessarily the, say that playing the excessive games because I think there's kids that could play 1,000 games in a year and every single game that they lose, they're going to be mad about. And then I think there's other kids that could play 20 games in a year and the ones they lose, they're not going to be that mad about. So um, I agree with that. Not yeah, to so I think it's a little bit of kind of how how you uh, what's what's your MO and what's kind of in your in your genetics, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I still struggle with that. We lose a game and uh, our car ride homes are, woo, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> On both sides, right? I, I, I got you. one player that's, uh, I mean, like her dog just died and you got a coach that's thinking like, what, you know, what, yes. what could I have done better? So, yeah, those car ride homes are <laughs> kind of rough sometimes. Yeah. So, 
Um, on to a more serious note, um, th there's been studies indicating female athletes are dropping out um, at a rate six, time, six times higher than their male counterparts. And this is across all, all sports. Why do you think um, this is? Yeah, I, that's crazy. Like I, I knew that the dropout rates were higher, but I until you sent me that the other yesterday, I didn't know that it was that high. And um, I think like we need to continue to make like I read a book a while a couple months ago about um, like how like female athletes need to be coached differently, and I agree with that to some extent, but not one hundred percent. Why is that? I think all athletes need to be coached differently. Um, you know, like I think you're going to have some some females that could be close, coached more closely to ma to like a male. And then mm -hmm. I think you're going to have some males that might need to be coached more closely to other females. Um, and so I think that it's really, but I do think that there are some differences for females. And I think one is that um, they want to be part of, a really positive team oriented environment. And, mm -hmm. you know, like there's a few kids, you know, I think like a Caitlin Clark, like you sit her down you're like, all right, Caitlin, I need you to take over the game right now. She's like, no problem. I got you. Like I'm take <laughs> it. I've been doing it the whole game anyways. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I think like on the female side of things, like let's take basketball, for example, I think you pull, um, a team of women off the floor and you say, all right, I need somebody to like take over. Or even I point at one person and I need them to take over. And I think that that one person feels either a little uncomfortable or a little like, well, I'd rather share that responsibility with my teammates. Um, and on the flip side, I think males are like, yeah, I want to be the dog. Like I want to, you know, take over right now. And uh, so I think that, I think that women really need to feel like they're being part of um, a positive environment and a very like team oriented environment. And I think as coaches, we can do so much to create a culture. Um, but it's really about everybody that's involved. So I think, and that's one of the reasons like in the recruiting process that we're so like, I want to get to know a kid because you don't want to bring people in that are going to be culture killers. Um, mm -hmm. and it really only takes one, one person. Yes, and so I think that on the women's side, like they need, they need that more even to, to a greater extent than males do. I think, um, they need to really feel like they're part of a strong community, um, a, you know, a sisterhood where, where people have their back. Um, they want to feel like they can come to practice every day. And, um, I think like, for us too, like, I think, I think females put a little more emphasis on the academic side. Now, not across the board, obviously there's some males that put a lot of emphasis on the academic side, but like, um, like we'll have kids that come into the gym and it's their first time coming into the gym that day because they had a busy class schedule and they wanted to do their homework in between classes and things like that. And then maybe a men's program, like they're like, yeah, my homework will get done when it gets done. Like I'm going to, you know, like things right. like that. So, um, I think there's a variety of reasons, but I think that we just have to continue to create positive environments for female, female athletes. And then we have to have positive role models. So, um, not just like coaches and administration and things like that, but also like your seniors on the team, like they have mm -hmm. to be welcoming, they have to be Very role true. models. They have to, like we have 
nursing is a big major for us at EMU. And that's a reason that a lot of student, student, our female student athletes end up dropping out is off of teams is because by the time they hit their junior year, they hit clinicals and they're scared that they're not going to be able to balance both. Well, if we have one or two in each sport that decide that they're going to do it, then that sets a positive example for the kids coming after them. So I think like this idea of, and I think females unfortunately plan ahead a lot more. And so like this (laughs) idea of like, oh, I don't know if I can do both. Like try it. Like we, we've had that conversation with some of our nursing majors. Like, listen, like we understand you want to go be a nurse. And listen, I don't want some a nurse that doesn't know what they're doing sticking a needle in me one day. So I, <laughs> right. I totally get it. Like, but try it. Like, if it doesn't work out, like there's not going to be any hard feelings. Like we we want we know you need to be successful on that side of things. Like, but try it and show show your teammates that you can do it. Um, show the future ones that you can do it. And then if you can't, then we actually know. All right, it's just not possible. Um, instead of like having these kids with all this fear of like, oh, I don't know if I can do it or not, um, try it and be the example. So I think that's, you know, as much as, and I'm a huge planner too, like as much as I'm a planner, like I think that females have to take a little more risks as well. Like, all right, we're just going to take this one day at a time. And if it gets to the point where we can't, we can't, but let's do it until we can't do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I also think, and, um, you know, I think society expects the female, you know, females to be perfect in almost so many aspects mm-hmm. of life. And then when there's that one little glitch, they tend to, uh, you know, hop on it. So, and I understand what you're saying at, at, in terms of fear, you know, um, especially having a daughter and coach girls basketball for a while. Um, I know as a male coach, I mean, there's sometimes where, I didn't understand what was going on that day until later on that night. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because I'm not a female. So yeah. I, I just, I, and I think we have to, as society, um, we, we have to relate a little better and stop putting uh, so much pressure on being perfect. I'm glad you said what you just said because it's okay to fail, you know, um, to have a growth mindset. You got to be okay with failing. I think. So many parents and so many coaches um, put demands and say, uh, you have to do this, you have to do that. And it causes the kids to have a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. So, but not being afraid to fail is 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 what it's about. So I'm so glad that uh, you said that. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, I think like there's number of times in, even a given day where I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get all this done? Or how am I going to fit? Like I have five different pieces. How am I going to fit them together? Um, and so I think like, I think back to my time as being a student athlete, like that helped prepare me for this. Um, and so like, I feel like our kids a lot of times now are like, well, I just need to focus on one thing. It's like, yeah, it's great to focus and be really invested in something, but there's not going to ever be a time in your life where you just get to focus on one thing. Like right. no matter what, like you're always going to be a daughter, a sister, a friend, uh, you know, you're always going to wear all these hats at the same time. So you might as well learn to deal with the discomfort of having to juggle multiple things, because the more you can do that, the better off you're going to be in the long run. Absolutely. Well said. All right, so here, here's the probably the most uh, intriguing, blazing question that I, I have to ask you. 
JMU. Yes. How did that come about, right? And I got to know your mindset um, going into that game. Yeah, so um, this is crazy because I, our men have played JMU a couple times. Um, oh, okay. And obviously the JMU men are good, but their women are obviously really, really good. Um, right. And so we've always wanted to kind of thought about trying to get like some kind of exhibition game on the schedule in the future. And um, I got a call probably like two, three weeks ago um, that JMU had something weird happen with their schedule and they were looking for somebody else to play um, and wanted to see if we were interested. And of course, I was like super interested. Um, their new facility is amazing. Like, I think it's really great for Harrisonburg. Like when JMU and EMU can do things together, like Absolutely. I think that really enhances our community. And so um, our schedule was full, but at the D3 level, you can play an exhibition game that counts as a scrimmage. Um, oh, so okay. I, we had two scrimmages on the table. Um, one is with Mary Washington, which we play them every single year, literally since before I even got here. So, um, and we had already signed a contract with them, but our other scrimmage was Southern Virginia and she's an amazing coach. Um, and I reached out to her and was like, Hey, like we have this opportunity. I think it's a really great opportunity for a team. Like we won't back out on you unless, um, you can find somebody else to scrimmage. And within 24 hours, she had found somebody else. So, um, we called JMU and we were like, we're in like this. Is oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. So, um, and then I just sent a text in our group chat and I said, guess who's playing JMU this year? And all of our girls were like, we hope it's us. We hope it's us. Um, so they were really pumped about it too. I think like over the last couple of years, like size has been an issue for us, um, at times. So I think that could like, we will start at least two girls this year, maybe a third um, that are like five, two on a good day. So, wow. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. But, uh, but we have, I mean, we have some big players in our conference. We have um, like WNL has a girl that could easily play at the D2, maybe even low D1 level. Um, and so I think like going against the competition early in scrimmages, exhibition games, like that's only going to help prepare us more. Um, you know, like then they'll come times midway through the season. Like, let's say JMU presses us, like they'll come times midway through the season where it's like, okay, like this other team's pressing us, but do they have the same players out on the floor that JMU had out on the floor? No. Like, so hopefully like, you know, having, even if it's just a couple successes against them, um, as far as like, oh, we beat a press or we execute something well. Like, I think those successes, even, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't envision us being in a competitive, like, oh, 10 point game, but um, mm -hmm. successes that we can use to build kind of confidence within ourselves going into our, our regular season. Um, and just having that overall experience of like being in their facilities and things like that, I think it's going to be really cool too. Yeah. What an opportunity uh, yeah. that those girls are getting, you know, to, to, to be able to do that. So kudos to you and, and your program for uh, uh for doing that so before we get off i want to just do a quick uh rapid fire question and uh let's see how you answer oh man all right you ready yep all right kobe's or jordan's uh jordan's ah pizza or hamburger mm, hamburger all right rainbow or regular layup line regular layup <laughs> i'm old school man me too <laughs> 
Jeans or shorts? Oh, shorts. Yeah. Wawa or sheets? Ooh, Wawa. Okay. LeBron or KD? Oh, man. I can't stand LeBron, so definitely KD. <laughs> That's why we get along so much. <laughs> Zone or man? Man. All right. Last one. Wilson or Spalding? Weez Wilson to Wilson. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Coach, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking your time out of the day to uh, come on. Um, i got to have you back on uh, soon. But good luck to you this season. I'm going to try to de- – well, I'm not going to try. I'm definitely going to come down um, and, and visit and watch you play a, a couple times. So it's only a couple hours from us. Um, like I said, I'm always grateful for you. And anything you ever need from me, I'm always here. Um, any just if you just need to call, you're having a, a bad day. I'm here. I'll just listen and we can talk it out. But I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of you, too. And uh, likewise, on the phone call or anything else, um, we've always got your back down here. All right. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thanks. You, too. Bye. All right. Bye bye.